Hey, this is Frank Hannon from Tesla, and you're watching and listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 350 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here, as always, it looks like we hit another one of those milestones there. Supposed to celebrate these, right? The, the 50s or the, the 100 marks, that kind of thing. Well, here we are, 350. It took us about, what, seven years and three months, roughly? No, two months. So just a little over seven years to hit this 350 mark. And so let's, since this is a mini milestone here, let's uh, celebrate it with a great guest, and that would be Frank Hannon of Tesla. This will be Frank Hannon's fourth appearance on this podcast, which is a huge honor for me to be able to say that. He's one of my favorite musicians of all time, one of my favorite guitarists, and of course Tesla has long been one of my favorite bands, but I'm going to talk more about that here in just a bit. But first, I'm going to play some music for you as well, but first I'm going to let you know who we are sponsored by. DEB Concerts is a promoter based in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they keep bringing a lot of great acts here to this area for the past several years. Had a couple big arena shows earlier in the year with Snoop Dogg and Ice Cube a couple nights in a row, and then Megadeth and Lamb of God, the Metal Tour of the Year. And now this August, on August 20th, at the BOK Center, Poison will return to Tulsa for the first time in a long, long time with Tom Kiefer of Cinderella and L.A. Guns opening that one up. So a great triple bill of the 80s rock era right there. If you're a fan of Tesla, I'm sure you're a fan of one or more of those bands. So hit up BOKCenter.com for ticket info. And of course... DEBconcerts.com has all the info as well. DEB Concerts also promotes the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma every year. They book this stage. This year's no different. Rocklahoma will be happening at the beginning of September over Labor Day weekend. From that Thursday to that Sunday, like every year, Roadhouse stage always has some great acts in it. They book a lot of regional acts, a lot of indie bands, and then they headline that stage with some great known acts. Quiet Riot will be there. And of course, Doro Pesh will be there. I can't believe I'm saying that. Doro Pesh will be in Oklahoma. Very excited about that. That stage will also feature a lot of other great acts, so hit up rocklahoma.com to see the entire lineup. The daily lineups and all that stuff will be out soon. DB Concerts. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And tell them you heard about them here. We also will keep bringing you more news when we, you know, whenever they announce new shows. I've also got Sunset Tattoo, tattoo shop in Midtown Tulsa. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed. They're mother approved. 25 plus years of experience. You can see photos of all the work right there on the socials. Sunset Tattoo Tulsa on Instagram. Same thing on Facebook. There's a ton of photos of Jake's works. Work, excuse me. All kinds of different styles you can check out that he's great at. I've had work done by him. I'm very happy with it. I know several other people that have as well. You can call, text, email, whatever you need to do to set up a set up a time to get in there to talk about what work you need to have done. He also accepts walk-ins. So there you go. Hit up Sunset Tattoo and tell him you heard about him on Thunder on the Ground. Finally, we've got Med Farm, a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51. Right off the highway, you can't miss them. 
They've got a drive-through, and they're open extremely late. So if you call, text, or email your order ahead, you can fly right through that drive-through and be on your way. But you can also go in, of course. You can check out their selection online ahead of time at leafly.com. You can go in there. They've got tons of great staff that are extremely knowledgeable. So hit up MedFarm. They're always running specials on their socials. On Instagram, it's MedFarmOK. That's P-H-A-R-M. And on Facebook, it's just MedFarm. And their website is MedFarmOK.com. One of their specials they're always running, if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order, which is great. But even greater, it's 30% of their proceeds at all times go to build no-kill animal shelters. So there's your reason for hitting up MedFarm and supporting them. I know you've got tons of options for dispensaries around this area. But make the drive over to MedFarm because a third of everything you spend is going to build no-kill animal shelters. You can't beat that. Great cause. So a huge thank you to MedFarm. All right, so been gone for a couple weeks, went out of town to work a couple shows. So kind of missed a little bit of stuff here. But in the meantime, the interviews have been backing up because I had a, a few here done, such as this Frank Cannon one done before I left. And then I had a few recorded recently. So, you know, hopefully I can get in gear between when I'm out for work and when I'm here. And get this stuff back on a weekly basis like it usually is. So coming up, we've got James Durbin. He's got a brand new band called Clean Break with some some members of some bands that if you're a rock fan, you know, like Striper and Riot. That album comes out this week, this Friday. So check that out. That'll probably be the next episode. You've also got one recorded with Del Lytle of the band Angelus. Rock band from the 80s that... Made some waves there in the mid-80s, and they are back. They've put out quite a few albums in the last few years, and they've got a brand new one out as well. We've also got an interview coming up with Anthony Apello, the lead singer of Six Gun Sal, a great southern rock band out of the California area. Got one coming up with John Waite, who you know from Bad English, and of course the Babies, and of course all his great solo success. I've got a couple more that are scheduled to be recorded, but I don't announce those until they happen. But before we get into some Frank Cannon talk here, let's play some music. There's a band called Torpedo Head that, actually, the lead vocalist of Torpedo Head, Space Brain, has been on this podcast before, way back on episode 262. Talked about all things Torpedo Head. They've got a new EP that came out here at the end of May. I've actually played this band on this podcast here. I guess I could have looked it up, but three or four times. It's been quite a while because I don't think I've played them since Jason left last year. So it's due time. Let's play some brand new Torpedo Head. This song is called One Step Ahead. <laughs> song, walk my walk, try to shut my mouth and talk my talk, no matter what you do, I'm always one step ahead of you, steal my riff, cut your hair, you can even buy the shoes I wear, but they won't get you to, the best around won't step ahead of you. 
One Step Ahead, Torpedo Head. That came out just recently in May. They had a brand new EP come out. It's got six tracks on it. They're all stellar because Torpedo Head refuses to put out music that is not stellar. There's a lot of bands out there that could take a note of that. You know, only put out music when you've got some great shit to put out. But I believe Torpedo Head must just be one of those bands. Greatness just oozes from them when they're writing songs. These guys, if you like your stuff super catchy, super melodic. But the the thing is, with the catchiness and the melodic, it has a lot of those, you know, pop rock tendencies, but it also has a lot of rawness to it, a lot of grittiness to it. You know, I I used to always kind of compare them to like if you combine like Social Distortion with the Backyard Babies or Michael Monroe, you know, because it has that Michael Monroe kind of a vibe. But, you know, he can get kind of raw at times, but you also got the, you know, the the punk sensibility to it as well. These guys are out of Germany. It's a three-piece. Like I said earlier, Space Brain was on here back in, I believe it was 2020, episode 262. So check that one out if you haven't. And it's probably due time that we get him back on here to talk about this new Torpedo Head. So there you go. Check out the band Torpedo Head if you never have. They've got several albums now. They're definitely a band that you need on your radar. So the stadium tour is in full effect now, finally, after a couple years. Originally scheduled for 2020. I mentioned the the Poison show that's coming to Tulsa from DEB Concerts earlier. That's actually an off date of the stadium tour. It was supposed to happen here in 2020. But of course, everything got postponed. But here we are with it finally happening. The tour is in full swing. And speaking of Poison, you know, they had to cancel their performance at the Nashville stop of that tour because Brett Michaels ended up in the hospital, but I believe he is doing better now. So just kind of a minor scare. I know that Brett's had a few of those throughout the years. I've actually was at a show, man. It's probably been like 10 years ago now, early teens, early 20 teens, whatever you want to call them. There was a show in Oklahoma where it was it's actually in a casino, one of those casino towns like Pecola or Clinton or something. There's a bunch of, for those of you that aren't from Oklahoma, there's a lot of small towns that I believe are probably completely supported by an Indian casino. But there's a lot of major casinos in Tulsa and not in Tulsa and Oklahoma that, you know, end up in smaller towns. But regardless, one of those towns, it was Brett Michaels headlining with Warrant. And I can't remember the third band. But it was like a either firehouse or slaughter or something. But Brett Michaels ended up in the hospital that day. He he it ended up it was something to do with with diabetes. He ended up in the hospital. But this you know this thing in Nashville was more related. They said a reaction to medication or something. So it could be related, you know, because he's got health issues with that that are ongoing. But I've always thought it's pretty impressive, you know how. You know, that guy's got that going on. I've had diabetes in my life, but I have overcome it and made it pre-diabetic. But I didn't have that, you know, people have type 1 diabetes. You can't, I mean, your your lifestyle and whatever, you can maintain it to where it's not a big issue. But you have to be extremely strict about it because it doesn't just kind of, symptoms don't just go away like they do with type 2 if you really bust your ass. And I believe 
you know, Brett has type one. He's dealt with that his whole life, but he's always stayed in great shape. He always looks great, you know, physique wise. And he's, you know, maintained his healthy lifestyle. And to do that out on the road, I assume would be, you know, tough. These days are probably easier, but I assume back in the day, especially, you know, with everything going on, that was probably tough to manage. So more power to him for always being able to do that. And the fact that Poison's on this stadium tour with two bands co-headlining above them and they're blowing them off the stage every night. You know, I can't, you know, of course I'm saying that. I'm not there. I didn't see every show, but I've actually watched a few clips and actually watched a good chunk of Poison's set at one of the shows when I was hanging out with Jason last week. And they sounded great. That, that's one of those. That's one of the things about Poison. You know, whether you like them or not, they've always sounded great. Life. They always pull it off great. And even though Brett's one of those guys that kind of has the same shtick every night, you know, you got to remember there's tons of people that are seeing this band for the first time ever, or for the first time since the '80s or '90s. So it's not a big deal if he's saying the same stuff at every show. The point is the performance is excellent. You know, you can't really say that about Vince Neil. I don't really want to go on a tirade there. Like I, you know, anybody that's listened to this podcast or knows me personally knows that I'm the first to jump in line and knock Vince Neil. But I saw a story actually just yesterday. I think it, it was either Blabbermouth or Metal Sludge or probably both of them that said that had a story about Vince Neil using teleprompters. And I'm like, are we at the point now to where we just need a reason to rip on Vince Neil? I mean, is the fact that he doesn't put on a good live performance not enough? <laughs> because because that's not news and that's not even anything that should even matter. Because every, you know, Ozzy was using teleprompters in the 90s. I'm, I assume he's probably used them his whole career. Metallica uses them. You know, freaking Rob Halford is one of the greatest rock vocalist of all time and to this day still sounds amazing and he still uses them so why is that even fucking news that vince neil is using a teleprompter who cares you know people like to rip on vince neil i'm not the only one obviously but a lot of idiots rip on him because of his weight which is not a thing to me never has been never will be i don't care if you're 973 pounds if you get on stage and you sound good that's all that matters you're getting up there putting on a show and you know, Vince Neil has not done that in quite a while. And I've seen a lot of people trying to defend him on this tour saying, oh, he sounds great. Now I'm like, you know, cut the shit, people. He might sound slightly better than he did a few years ago, but great is not the word that should be used. Never. The guy skips half the words. The guy is out of tune half the time. Maybe he's skipping less words. Maybe he's less in, maybe he's more in tune, but I promise you it's not the performance that it could be. So that's just always pissed me off that the guy doesn't put in the effort that he should when it comes to his voice, because he's got three guys on stage that do put in the effort musically. You know, I'm not a big fan of Nikki Six and half the shit he says, but the guy writes great songs and puts on great shows. And at the end of the day, that's what it matters when it comes to, to music, right? So, and you know, whether Tommy Lee really had broken ribs or whether he's, they just did that to drum up more publicity, who knows? You know, I'm not going to comment on that. You know, I just did, I guess, but this was, I don't even know where I was going with this. I just, I do know I was wanting to bring up the teleprompter thing and talk about how stupid that was that we're using that as a reason to rip on someone. But anyway, 
Let's get on to some better news, which is Tesla. Tesla was actually here in Tulsa this past week. I did not get to go. I was coming back from working a show in Michigan, so I missed this one. But that would have been my 30th Tesla show. I've seen Tesla more than any other band. So I've seen them 29 times. So here eventually, one of these days, I'll hit that 30 mark. Because it's actually been a bit, you know, since the pan- since before the pandemic, like it is with a lot of bands. You know, you haven't seen them since then. So, But they're, you know, the reason I've seen them that many times is because it's always fun. It's always a good live show. And I like the fact that I've looked at all their set lists throughout this summer tour they're doing. You know, they're throwing in Cold Blue Steel, which was released earlier this year. They've got a brand new song called Ready to Rock that is supposed to be out very soon. Frank actually talks about the year in this interview coming up. But they've been playing it live a few times. I noticed they've got changes back in the set. Call It What You Want was played in Tulsa. Man, there was a couple other things. I saw they saw I saw that they played uh Breaking Free from the Forevermore album a few shows back. So they're you know they're they're throwing in some stuff they don't, you know, play every show. So and they're mixing up the order. They're they're now playing Modern Day Cowboy as the opening track, which I think is excellent. You know, a lot of times throughout recent years it's always been one of the last few songs. But I always appreciate when a band opens their show with a big hit, especially one like Modern Day Cowboy, where it's like a perfect opening track. But yeah, so Tesla Live, it's always a great time. They're playing throughout the summer and the fall. Anywhere, if you're in America, I'm sure they're going to be somewhere within a close driving distance of you. So be sure and check that out. I've had all these previous episodes with, with Frank that you can check out. I'll talk more about that here after this interview. But one of the things that Frank mentions, which I thought was really cool that he did mention, was that in this interview here coming up, he talks about Tommy Skio's new band, which was Resist and Bite. It's something, you know, I talked about last year, and I believe it was actually on my top 21 albums of 2021. So check out the Resist and Bite. Their debut album came out last year. If you like hard rock, just great melodic hard rock, you're going to dig this one. Tommy's back, so be sure and check that out. You know, one of these days, maybe I'll get him here on this podcast. But until then, what is very important is the fact that this is Frank Hannon's fourth time here. So let's just jump into it and hear what he has to say. I've seen some of your updates recently that you were sick. You feeling better now? Yeah, man, I feel a lot better. Um, you know, I had COVID last year, and uh, so I know what that feels like. But uh, this thing that we're going through now is like a, a shorter version of it, but it felt kind of the same, kind of a chest uh, chest thing. You know, Cold Blue Steel has been out a few months now. I've seen a lot of good response from the fans. Are you guys happy with what you've heard from the response and everything? 
Yeah, man, we're real proud of Gold Blue Steel. Um, you know, it's the first song that I've produced for the band um, ourselves independently um, without a producer. You know, I engineered it and orchestrated it uh, from a very grassroots beginning. Um, when Jeff Keith was coming over to my house, uh, we were getting ready for uh, a tour. And so what we do is Jeff Keith, you know, uh, our singer, he comes over to my house and we jam in my garage and, you know, we run through the songs in our set before we get going back out on tour, just so he can get the rust off his voice, you know? And, uh, I said to him, I said, Hey man, well, let's write a song. I got some riffs. And so on his way over to my house one day, he was uh, listening to, uh, Leonard Skinner and Saturday night special, the song, uh, was blasting in his truck when he comes pulling up in my driveway. And, uh, you know, that song's about gun violence. And uh, there had been a, a mass shooting. This was last year. There was another one of the hundreds of mass shootings that had going on. And uh, he was really uh, touched by what was happening in the news and thought, hey, I want to write a song about this. And so we, uh, we jammed on this riff that I had going on in my garage and started playing around with the ideas. And uh, it's really raw and edgy and it sounds like old school Tesla. It's in a drop tuning and we're just grinding away. And I, I'm really proud of it because uh, I recorded a demo of it. And that demo ended up being what's released to the public. Yeah, I was so going to say, real. yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that was my first thought. The first time I heard it, does it kind of harken back more to the early days than the your more recent stuff has? Yeah, yeah. You know, well, the, in the early days, um, for our first and second album, um, especially, uh, Steve Thompson and Marco Barbiero, the producers, they kept it really raw and organic. And I love those guys. And the way that we did it back then was live in the studio. And we would rehearse the songs and we played those songs in the clubs, you know, like Modern Day Cowboy and Coming At You Live and all that stuff. We used to play that in the clubs. So those songs were basically written and for a live thing. And uh, I used to make demos. I, I used to produce four track and eight track recordings of all those songs. And, and the albums don't sound much different than the demos that I used to make for the band in, in, in my bedroom. Um, so I always loved the, the, the art of recording and trying to capture the band. Um, you know, and we've we've worked with a lot of producers over the years and we've been very lucky and have made different albums, you know, um, all the way up until the last one we did with Phil Collin. We let him totally produce it uh, his way. And, you know, that's cool. You know, bands got to try different things, but uh, we've come full circle now. And our motto is let's get real. Let's keep it real. And uh, that's what we did with Cold Blue Steel. And I'm very, I'm very uh, excited about that because now we're producing ourselves another new single that's going to come out next month. It's called Time to Rock. And it's really edgy. And I'm really proud of it. I've been working on it for two months. Well, what was it that uh, kind of like drove you? I mean, you've done a lot of producing yourself, but what was it that kind of drove you into wanting to do it with Tesla? Was it just out of convenience? Uh, no, I've always done it for Tesla on a demo level. Oh, so okay. I've always enjoyed doing it. I love doing 
demos and recording and setting up mics and, and drums and getting the sound, the engineering part of it um, on a demo level, you know, but then we would give those demos to a, a producer that would come in and change things around and try to make it better. And a lot of times they do make it better. A producer, a producer's job is very important. I mean, what Al Cooper did for Leonard Skinner in the early days, man, when he produced uh, I Ain't the One and Freebird and all that, and he brought Leonard Skinner from being a, a average bar band into sounding great. That's what a producer does. A producer's like a coach. Well, you know, when you got a band, it's hard to have one guy in the band be coaching and stuff, you know, but so it's not really like that. For me, it's, it's with Jeff Keith, our singer. He and I have been working together, writing songs and producing demos for 40 years, you know, in my bedroom and in my garage. And so it just feels natural. Uh-oh, still there? Yeah. Yep. It just feels natural when Jeff Keith, our singer, comes over and he and I come up with an idea and I, I end up being the producer and putting it together. And nowadays it's a matter of coordinating the whole band and, and getting all their tracks and putting them together. And um it's a lot of work. It's tedious, man. That's why we're just doing singles. You know, we're going for quality, not quantity. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you look back at like say shock recently with Phil Collin, are you, are you happy with the product? Even, I mean, it, it has a lot of Phil Collin, Def Leppard influence on it, but it still sounds like Tesla. But are, are you happy with that? When you look back at it now, or you like the fact that what you're doing now is a little more, like you said, real into the original Tesla sound. Well, you know, I'm going to be honest. Um, I, I'm happier doing the original Tesla song sound. Um, I'm uh, I'm the oddball in the band that likes everything to be imperfect and raw and edgy. And, um, you know, other guys in the band were more interested in at that time in having it be polished and produced. And we'd never done that before. Um, am I proud of the record? Sure. I'm really proud of the way we put it together and the stuff that we learned. And I love Phil Collin. He's a sweet guy. Def Leppard, man, they have been nothing but great brothers to us and have helped us tremendously. I honestly think that album could have been maybe um, we could have formed a band with Phil and called it something else. <laughs> you know? I think the band could have been called Shock. And, um, you know, and Phil could have been in the band and we because really it was a collaboration of that level. I mean, he wrote all those songs pretty much, you know, with taking the bits and pieces of what the guys did. Um, each of us, myself included, contributed pieces and bits, but it's really a Phil Collin album. And, uh, you know, um, I'm proud of it for that. But when it comes to Tesla, I'm, I'm about keeping it real. Well, you just mentioned recording singles. Is that kind of, so that's the outlook now? Singles instead of a new album? Yeah, we're going to take all these songs that we're working on, Cold Blue Steel and this new one, Time to Rock. We've got a ballad. It's called All About Love that we've been chipping away on. Um, Brian's got some great song ideas always. He's influenced by the Beatles, so he's always spitting out some Beatlesque stuff. He's got a studio. Brian is a great producer as well. And, uh, you know, he's got his studio. We're going to go visit him and write some stuff. But it's it's going to accumulate at one song at a time because 
I think that I've discovered now that myself and Jeff, Keith, we have ADHD (laughs) (laughs) and we can only focus really on one thing at a time at our age now. And it's, it's okay, man. Yeah. Because you're going to love this new song called time to rock. I'm telling you, it freaking rocks. It's got to with that in the title, right? (laughs) Yeah. I'm producing a video for it this weekend. Tesla's playing a local show. Uh, at Thunder Valley Casino, and um, I got a camera crew coming. Uh, the band is getting together uh, day after tomorrow, and we're going to rehearse uh, and really get the song down, and we're going to play it live for the first time. But uh, the recording of it came out killer, and uh, it's going to be out in about a month. It's called It's Time to Rock. Okay, looking forward to that. Well, one of the guys you've worked with uh, recently is JT Lux, and I saw that he recently filled in for Dave Rude at a show. What made you think he was the the right person for that spot? Well, JT Lux is is my protege. Uh, he's in a very naturally gifted guitar player that uh, I just knew that he would be able to because he's got a natural flow. Uh, playing music is a chemistry and um, with people, and it either flows naturally or it doesn't. And I've been playing with JT, producing his album and playing guitar with him. And he's been backing me up, playing some Tesla songs in my own set. So I knew that he was capable of doing it with his natural ability. Um, We've had other guys come in and fill in for Dave before. And honestly, when I found Dave and I discovered Dave, that was a hard process. When Tommy uh, was in in and out of the band with his problems for so many years, I searched and searched and searched and I could not find that natural chemistry with anybody until I found Dave and God bless Dave. He is awesome. Guitar player, a great guy and super talented. And it's, so it's hard to find somebody with that natural connection in the right hand playing the rhythm guitar with me. Um, but I knew JT would do it and, uh, he did it well. Well, another change in the live setting has been Steve Brown on the drums. Talk about what he's brought to the band in the live setting. Man, Steve Brown is a very uh, positive, full of energy guy and a team player. Uh, but at the same time, he knows when to, to, to just – he knows how to – he's just a bro. He's, we've known him forever. Uh, he's a family guy. He's filled in for Troy numerous times. Again, it's that chemistry thing. Um, people either get along and feel good together or they don't. Doesn't mean anybody's worse than the other. It just means it's chemistry. And, uh, Steve Brown adds a very positive energy to the vibe of the chemistry of not only the show, but living on a bus. I mean, kind of speaking of that, this summer, you know, you've got guys got a ton of dates lined up and things are kind of looking like it's back to a somewhat quote unquote normal schedule. Or does it feel good for things to be back that way now after the last few years? <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. Last few years have been brutal. Um, it, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, very hard on everybody. Um, so, yeah, it, it feels great uh, to be uh, I, I, I don't take things for granted as much anymore. I'm very uh, grateful to have not only uh, a tour ahead of me and some shows and concerts that are going to do be a lot of fun, but a history of catalog of music and songs that people love still almost 40 years later. Um, 
I'm very grateful and I don't take it for granted. Going back to JT for a minute, you, you know, you've worked with and produced a lot of guys like him and Austin Moe and Red Voodoo. Like, are you constantly nowadays seeking out artists like that? Or is it just when one kind of comes on your radar that you want to work with them? Um, I'm taking a break from um, producing other artists. Um, you know, unless I see the next Jimi Hendrix that blows my mind, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I hear somebody that blows my mind, I might fall fall into that notion again. But right now, no, I don't have time for it. I, I've learned some lessons, um, both good and bad, uh, with COVID and with life over the past year that time is very valuable and you can only divide it up in so many ways. And, um, right now I'm focusing my time on producing Tesla. Um, I'm focusing time on my wife and her dad and my mom and my family. And, um, uh, I'm not really interested at this time in pursuing any more production projects. Um, Austin Moe is great. Red Voodoo is great. And JT obviously is what was my number one protege. And he's great. He moved to Nashville. He's pursuing his own thing now. And uh, those three artists occupied enough of my time over the past couple of years. And now I have to focus on other things. Uh, I'm not saying I'll never do it again. I'm just saying that right now I'm only focusing on Tesla. Do you feel, was there a point? Because I know two or three years ago before the pandemic, besides Tesla and the producing, you had guitar come out, you had the beer, you had, you know, your solo music, you had all kinds of stuff going on. Did you get to a point where you felt like it was too much? Yeah. Yeah. I even had a podcast. It was called the far out podcast. And I enjoyed doing that. It was a lot of fun. I got like 22 episodes of it. Um, but I would spend several days editing those podcasts and I would produce them. I'd put sound effects in there and, you know, I'd spend two or three days in the studio on one podcast. Um, again, I realized it was just taking so much time. I wasn't managing my time very well. I was doing way too much. And it, when I got COVID last year and I came crashing down and even still now, I just, I'm getting over a flu that I've had my health. I just realized that I just, was overdoing it, overdoing way too much. And I'm happier now just slowing down. You know, I'm not the young bull on the mountain anymore looking at all the herd of cows. Have you ever heard that joke about the two bulls, the old bull and the young bull? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not the young bull anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm the old bull and I'm, I got to slow down a little bit and just realize that, you know, quality versus quantity. Have when you, it comes to time, especially in time, you know, how I spend my time, I got to just chill. Like, have you written new solo music at all in the past couple of years? No. And that's the other thing is a lot of my ideas and my music has taken not just a backseat, but has been in the back of the freaking bus somewhere on the Greyhound <laughs> <laughs> projects. You know, I mean, I, I think about the podcast and I think about the, the red voodoos and all these other projects that I've done and how many songs and music could I have written during that time? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, no, everything, uh, you know, I've got a couple ideas, but 
those ideas that I have, I'm working with Jeff Keith and Tesla because Tesla is number one, man. And yeah. Jeff Keith is freaking awesome. And I realize more and more how great of a singer and songwriter partner of mine he is. He and I have written so many great songs together as a brotherhood and as a team. And, you know, I want to focus on that. And uh, Cold Blue Steel is an example of that, that Time to Rock coming out, along with What You Give and Love Song and Modern Day Cowboy and all the songs that he and I wrote together. Um, that's my main focus. I've got a, a random question for you about a Tesla song. I'm not a guitarist, but I just kind of wonder, say, Shine Away is my favorite Tesla song. And yeah, the like the end of it, I mean, the that middle part, that dual guitar solo, when you guys do something like that, would you would you guys both like kind of write that together or write separately? Or how, how is that? How is the guitar oh. solo like that built when it's double like that? Well, that's a great question, man. And I'll tell you why, because back then, uh, for the first 10, 12 years or 13 years that I played with Tommy Skeel. And by the way, Tommy Skeel has a new band. They're called Resist and Bite. And I'm so happy that he's back out and he's playing guitar and he's alive, to be honest with you. I mean, that guy's got more than nine lives, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would agree with me if he hears, hears this. Yeah. But Tommy and I had that magic chemistry of working together before our egos got out of control and the drugs took over and all the problems came to a massive head. As songwriters and guitar players, he and I would jam and he would come up with these amazing chord changes. And then I would come up with a, 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 another amazing part that was inspired by that and vice versa. And we would have no problem putting together these arrangements of guitar licks. We would share licks together. And Shine Away is an example of that, where he had like the verses and that weird intro part with those weird chords and the, the chorus riff. And then I had the big bridge that was kind of like an anthem movie soundtrack like cello is one of my favorite instruments the way cellos are arranged and so i would uh come up with these like parts to add to his ideas and vice versa he would come up with parts to add to my ideas and sometimes we would take a riff like modern day cowboy where, you know, Tommy was playing a hammer on and I said, well, hey, let's play that hammer on, but let's play it more stretched out. And so then I would end up playing it because it was harder to play. And so we would just trade licks like that, you know, as young guitar players before it all got ruined with all the problems and ego trips and drugs. Cool. But Shine Away is a good example of that. Song and Emotion. Um, um, I do some guitar lessons and... Uh, I was going to do a guitar lesson on video for song and emotion. That's another example where Tommy had the first part of the song. And then I came up with the ending of the song because I, I thought the song sounded so much like an anthem and like a theme. I wanted to have like a movie soundtrack. So the very end of it where it goes, again, it's like a cello line. And that was my part that I added to the song. So, we would add, we would just jam together and add 
arrangements of parts together. Very cool. Looking throughout the rest of the year, like besides the touring this summer and writing these songs, is there anything else going on you want to mention, like Tesla or your personal stuff? Um, I just want to mention for people to stay tuned for a new single. It's called okay. Time to Rock. It's going to come out next month, but we we will be shooting a video for it and um, and playing it in the show now and then here and there. And um, Cold Blue Steel is still making some waves. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a song that uh, makes you think, you know, people think on the surface it's about guns, but it's actually about evil intentions and let's get real. What's to blame. And uh, it's a touchy subject, but man, it's, it's really uh, a relevant subject for what's going on in our country today. And uh, you know, that uh, we don't know the solution, you know, we don't know the solution, but there's gotta be some uh, solutions and adjustments made for both sides of the, of the fence on this gun issue, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Final question for you. You mentioned your father-in-law earlier. How's he doing? Man, he is a tough old dog. You know, <laughs> he is uh set. He'll be 79 coming up, I think this year. And uh, man, he'll get knocked down, but he gets back up. And one thing he told me he goes, man, you get knocked down, but you got to get back up and keep on swinging. <laughs> Which is, I think he got that quote from like Joe Lewis or Rocky Marciano or an old boxer. And uh, Dickie Betts has been through so many ups and downs in his life with the Almond Brothers. And I just watched this Almond Brothers uh, special on Axis TV uh, over the weekend. And, uh, you know, I forget how much hell that guy's been through up and down, up and down, you know. And uh, he's a tough old dog. He's doing all right. He's doing all right. He's home now. He went to the hospital a couple of days ago, but he's back. And I saw him on I saw him on FaceTime this morning and he was smiling. <laughs> Good to hear. Good to hear. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time with me again and loving the new music and looking forward to seeing you live. You're actually coming to Tulsa here at the end of the month and I'm going to be there. So looking forward to it. Hey, me too, man. I love Oklahoma and uh, we'll see you there, bro. There you go. Frank Cannon of Tesla. A huge thank you to Jody Best of Best Bet Promotions for her continued support of this podcast. Absolutely love Jody. And of course, a massive thank you to Frank Cannon for taking some time out there to hit me up on Zoom and have a talk about what you just heard, all this stuff going on with Tesla and everything in between. Frank's been on here a few times in the past, like I mentioned before, episode 183, episode 252, and episode 292. Episode 292 was the Eddie Van Halen tribute. It's like three and a half hours long. It has 14 guests. Besides Frank, it also included... Mark Slaughter, Mitch Perry, Paige Hamilton of Helmet, Jim Wilson of Motor Sister was just on the podcast recently. He was on that one as well. Man, who am I forgetting? And lots of great acts. So be sure and check that one out. It's a huge, grand episode. Three and a half hours of people talking about why they love Eddie Van Halen. So you can't miss that one. But the two episodes previous to that that Frank was on, 183 and... 252 were full-on Frank episodes, and we talked about all kinds of stuff. You know, here he mentioned in this episode that he, you know, has kind of taken a step back from the stuff like producing and all the other stuff he had going on outside of Tesla to focus on Tesla and focus on family, which is great. But when we did those previous episodes, he was kind of in the thick of all that. So both those episodes have a lot of different 
topics and a lot of different stuff going on than this one did. Of course, we talked about Tesla, but we talked a lot about the Frank Hannon band because he had his uh, covers album that he came out around the time of the first interview we did with him. He also had his beer that came out. He had his signature acoustic guitar that came out. He talked a lot about producing, you know, some of the artists that he's produced. Just all kinds of great information, you know, from those. If you're a Tesla fan, you don't want to miss those. And also, Brian Wheat was on this podcast, episode 313. That was last year. Brian Wheat's autobiography came out early last year, so he came on and talked a lot about that. And, of course, Tesla as well. So check out all those if you're a Tesla fan, if it's your first time listening. Greatly appreciate it. There's 349 previous episodes you can check out. Lots of guys from that era of rock, like Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard. Let me think here. Bill Leverty of Firehouse. Robert Mason of Warrant and Lynch Mob. Joey Allen of Warrant. Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis of LA Guns were both on here together. Pretty much the entire band Kicks was on here. You know, we were just interviewing a couple of them, and the whole band kind of was in there while we are doing it and doing some comments, so that was very cool. We've also had on guys from Lillian Axe, a couple of the guys from Trickster, a couple of the guys from Junkyard, a couple of the guys from, who else am I from? Kiss? Gene Simmons has been on here. Bruce Kulick, formerly of Kiss, has been on here. We've also had on Glenn Hughes of Deep Purple and Dead Daisies and a ton of other great stuff. Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses, Josh Todd of Buck Cherry, Kevin Martin of Candlebox, Paige Hamilton of Helmet, Tommy Victor of Prong, a couple of the guys from COC, a couple of the guys from Down and Superjoint. Man, the list is great and long. You don't want to miss it. I mean, you like newer stuff. We've had on John Cooper from Skillet. We've had on, I say that, and then I'm just like drawing a blank. <laughs> But Jason Todd, formerly of Shine Down, but all this great stuff. Also had on Shooter Jennings. The list is great and long. So dig back through there, check it out wherever you're listening now. Follow, like, or subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Listen pretty much anywhere podcast I heard, like Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, all that great stuff. You can listen on the website, leadthunderunderground.com. Any of the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Be sure and follow if you see a post or a tweet. Follow, you know, like, comment, retweet. All that great stuff helps out. Spread the post around way more than it already is, so that's greatly appreciated. All right. With all that being said, we've got this one coming up with James Durbin. We've got one coming up with Anthony of Six Guns Sal, Dell of Angelus, and John Waite, and a couple others here to be recorded soon, so we'll let you know about those as soon as they happen. And once again, a huge thank you to Med Farm, Sunset Tattoo, DEB Concerts, Best Bet Promotions, and Frank Cannon. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground.